Victory Monday is back. Once again, as the Indianapolis Colts took down the Pittsburgh Steelers and suddenly find themselves in a three-way tie atop the AFC South. How did the Colts break the streak and beat the Steelers? And what are their chances of capturing the division crown? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and I'm joined here as always by my fellow writer and analyst at Horseshoe Huddle, Drake Wally. Drake, what an absolute beatdown by the Indianapolis Colts on Saturday night. Uh the, the the Steelers got off to a hot start, 13 to nothing, and then 30 unanswered points by the boys in blue in their throwback uniforms to put a very convincing win over the Pittsburgh Steelers. And hey, a couple weeks ago, we were just talking about the Colts might get a wild card. Now, the Colts might actually win the AFC South. So how are you doing, brother? I'm doing really good, man. And, you know, we kind of expected them to win this game, or at least we we, we felt like uh like they would win this game on paper i know that the mike tomlin you know thing hey he's had the colts number for the past 12 years over eight meetings i thought that too especially when that punt got blocked uh oh man you know you kind of start thinking here you go again like Mm -hmm. here goes the playoffs right out the freaking window this is basically a playoff atmosphere even though this game on paper isn't super exciting it meant a lot to both these teams well look man the colts went out there we'll talk about it later they they ended up playing most of the game down their two biggest playmakers they still figure out a way to do it and they did it just absolutely gritty they did it with steelers type football they hit pittsburgh with their own type of football so um defense offense i think there's some things to work on with special teams but uh overall 30 to 13 you're eight and six and and you're right there not only in the playoff race but in your divisional championship race. And who would have ever thought that was going to be the case? Everything is right in front of the Indianapolis Colts. And all and honestly, but don't matter the playoff scenarios. Win out and you're in. That's, That's all right. that matters for the Colts. Right. We'll, get, we'll get into everything here in a bit. Truett getting us off to a fast start. Truett, thank you so much for your sticker. Hope you're feeling well. Knew you were under the weather last week, so hope you're feeling well. Truett asks, riddle me this. So if the playoffs started today, would the Colts get in or not? I've heard both. So yes, as of right now, the Colts are the seventh seed in the AFC. They get in as a result of tiebreakers if, they, if the playoffs began today. So yes, the Colts are in the playoffs if it did start today obviously three more weeks to go so a lot can change there but like i said went out and the colts would be in so thank you so much true for your super sticker my beautiful wife danielle coming in hot with her Ooh. super sticker as well thank you so much she's about to start her christmas break and and a much needed christmas break in for her so uh that i think her last day of school her last day of school is tomorrow uh and then she doesn't have to go back till after the year so thank you so Very much nice. for all of your support stats matt say what's up gents two curses broke in on the broke on the weekend if you're talking about logan schmidt i got to meet logan for the first time in person uh just as big of a legend and a a goat as he is online uh in person as well so great seeing logan there but stats matt says 15 minutes in was worried then the trenches played pissed off the rest of the game and yes it was uh, a true a true butt whooping by the colts uh in the trench in the trenches trenches uh we have uh i'm sorry you're gonna have to tell me how to pronounce your name uh, drake do you know how to pronounce that name i wonder if it's uh joao 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 
Joao Pinto, let's go Colts from Lisbon, Portugal. Unbelievable. Oh we're we're, we're reaching awesome. into Portugal. Thank you so much for all of your support. And hey, if you want to throw in the chat, I apologize. Not sure how to pronounce uh, your name. Yeah, absolutely. But go ahead and tell us. We'll give you another another one. Uh, 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 another shout out just for joining us from portugal here uh we also have steve uh, let's go colts good to see you steve and then nico colts niners super bowl book it so the chat is ready to go drake they're oh, fired up about this win so uh <laughs> so we're going to talk about all of the things then we're going to talk about the colts against the steelers talk about their their playoff uh their afc south chances and what it might take for the Colts to win the division. So if you haven't done so, please go follow us on all of our socials. Like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook, follow at Colts on FN on X, and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you know whenever Drake are going live every Monday and Thursday night. And guys, we're still trying to reach 2,000 subscribers before the end of the regular season. Three weeks left, and we're we're about 115 left to go. So please go share. Tell your friends to subscribe so we can reach that goal. Really means a lot to Drake and I. And if you can't catch us live or on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there as well. So make sure you subscribe. Give us a five-star review so we can reach other Colts fans just like you so drake let's get right into it the colts break the streak hadn't beat the pittsburgh steelers since 2008 this time they dominated the steelers 30 to 13 at lucas oil stadium i was there it was a playoff atmosphere you know very very loud there were a lot of steelers fans there as expected they do travel well and then the steelers got up 13 to nothing there especially after that block punt uh wasn't looking good and then the colts rallied uh that that resiliency that shane steichen always talks about 30 unanswered points and and just put uh, just absolutely mollywopped the Steelers into submission on Saturday night and and it left a, a a really good taste in in the in the Colts in the Colts mouth to finally break that streak and and really get back on track after an uninspired performance against the Cincinnati Bengals uh, just a week earlier. Yeah, and you know you start off uh, down 13 to nothing. And, you know, I, I, I think that the play that really swung everything was after they were able to get the ball back and, and um, uh, DJ Montgomery was able to make up for that awful drop uh, that he had earlier. We just couldn't complete the pass all the way through the process. Um, but from there on, it was just everything just kind of started going the you know, the correct way. And that wasn't even the first score. I can't even remember what the first score was for the Colts. I think it might have been Mo Alleycox. The first uh, score of the game was was the Zach Moss touchdown. That's right. Where okay. where Gardner Minshew dropped it off to Moss and and then Moss was able to 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 get in for the touchdown uh, and but that but then hey that that kind of leads us into into what did I wanted to talk about first Drake was that I mean Zach Moss goes down Michael Pittman goes down and believe me we're going to talk about that play uh, with Michael Pittman and Demonte Casey uh, here Pro- probably when we talk about the injuries we'll we'll talk all about that but Jonathan Taylor was already out so your two best playmakers that started this game out in, 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 in a major game for this team and the unlikely heroes are the ones that stepped up i mean trey sermon uh tyler goodson dj montgomery uh, uh mo alley cox i mean Al- mo alley cox has gotten a couple touchdowns this year but he hasn't been a, a vocal point of the offense so the unlikely heroes were the ones that stepped up in this one and and really helped carry the load of this offense and, and honestly without those performances especially on the running game in the running game with with trey sermon and tyler goodson stepping up for zach moss i don't think the colts win this game yeah, and look, Trey Sermon's been, I think, 
we talked about it earlier, the running back three on the roster. He's kind of been like the guy that you don't really think much about. And then here comes Tyler Goodson, who was recently activated to the uh, to the roster. I think he got a couple snaps in the Cincinnati Bengals game. Um, but man, you got to really you got to really look at these two and you got to admire their performance. I mean, 17 carries from Trey Sermon, 88 rushing yards. Then you've got 11 carries from Tyler Goodson for 69 rushing yards. That is that that's 28 carries for 157 rushing yards. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. And that just shows, I mean, don't get me wrong, those two did great, right? But that also shows that Colts offensive line went out there and in after especially after the second half started, they just absolutely started shoving back Pittsburgh. I mean, they were finding holes. Tyler Goodson ripped off a big 31-yard run, uh, and then Gardner Minshew was able to kind of capitalize and uh, on a weakened Steelers defense that was just exhausted. So, um, like you said, Mo Ali Cox. Also, we've we've talked about hey trade trade candidate trade candidate. I know I've wrote about it. Uh, guilty as charged, but he's really stepped up in a veteran role, and the tight ends really weren't a factor in that game. I mean, Kylan Granson had like a catch, and here's Mo with a couple catches and yet another touchdown. It seems like he's scoring a touchdown every other game. So credit to those three and just a huge team win kind of like you know Shane Steichen said after the game yeah that, and that's the thing you know when these when these guys go down it was it was just so crucial to have to have a couple running backs step in I mean there was one driver the Colts ran it I think on 13 or 14 consecutive plays I mean Shane Steichen basically was telling telling the Steelers you know we're gonna run on you no matter what try to stop us but you can't stop us and, and it was a, a credit to to uh, these the, the offensive line which I which we're gonna talk about in a bit but but starting out with these these young these young running backs you know Trey Sermon has had a fumbling problem in his career really hasn't done, really hasn't had too many snaps with the Colts being in that third running back role and and he came in without a notice uh, uh, with, with a moment's notice. And was able to be the bell cow back for this team. And then credit to Tyler Goodson for being that change of pace back. He also had a couple catches for for 10 yards. Almost was able to get a score that way. So being able to rely on on those running backs was huge because again what what do we always say we don't want to to you you never want to see this Colts offense go one dimensional with Gardner Minshew back there because it just puts too much pressure on Minshew and and he's not able to perform but having that running game and and being able to consistently move the chains and have that threat was was really crucial i think and then credit credit to DJ Montgomery Montgomery caught a lot of flack for for dropping that 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 touchdown pass and, and honestly, probably deservedly so. You're an NFL wide receiver. You got to bring <laughs> yeah, that in. There's really, really yeah. no excuse to not bring that in. But hey, right before the half, Colts get the ball back uh, uh, with, with about 40 seconds left. There was the big play over the middle to DJ Montgomery. Then you have the uh, uh, the, the pass interference, uh, defensive pass interference on the long ball to Alec Pierce which certainly helped. And then you hit DJ Montgomery again, who's able to take it in and kind of redeem himself for that touchdown. So some of the names that, that, that really took over there, probably some Colts fans probably didn't even know. I know Pat McAfee said it today. He didn't even know that they were, uh, these guys were on the Colts roster. They come out, make plays and help to get the Colts a win in, in a huge game uh, uh, as far as the AFC playoff picture is concerned. Yeah, and you know something that was very interesting, and I know that you'll you'll bring it up more near the end of the episode. But here here comes Montgomery. Out comes Isaiah McKenzie. Now, then Montgomery makes a couple big plays, redeems himself after a bad drop. 
you got to be excited about the depth. I know that it's kind of looking past the stars of this team, but man, the fact that you're losing your best pass catcher, arguably your best offensive weapon, and you basically are running at Pittsburgh saying, this is the way we have to move the ball. Nothing against Alec Pierce. He ain't a wide receiver one. And Josh Downs is not going to be able to shoulder the entire offense. Not yet anyway. So the fact that they went one dimensional kind of there for, like you said, 13, 14 plays, they just, played old school 70s 80s smash mouth football and the Colts really showed they can dig deep and not just deep within but deep within their roster because they've got some guys that are willing to play and a lot of the credit for that goes towards the offensive line and and let's let's face it to start out the game the biggest thing was how are they going to combat TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith and you know what to start it was brutal Blake Friedland looked like he was not going to hold up against TJ Watt at all and in fact I tweeted it out TJ Watt may may break the 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 record for sacks in a game against Blake Freeland. I think he had two within that first quarter. But then Blake Freeland settled down. Uh, as as Josh was kind of talking about, they were the Colts were able to establish the run, take away that pass rush. Uh as far as Alex Hythesmith is concerned on on that on that right side, I mean Bernard Ryman at left tackle. What a bounce back game for Bernard Ryman. Absolutely. I mean, you didn't hear Alex Highsmith's name really all afternoon because Bernard Ryman had him on lockdown. But this offensive line, something came over them and they absolutely just dominated the line of scrimmage. And you're talking about guys like Watt Highsmith, Cameron Hayward. To credit to Quentin Nelson, credit to Ryan Kelly, Will Fries, Bernard Ryman, and then Blake Freeland, once he settled in, I thought he did a pretty good job in the run game as well. Those guys took it to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and and I think winning up front and having the offensive line playing at such a high clip was, was, was crucial and maybe the most important part of this whole thing, and that's why the Colts were able to dominate the Pittsburgh Steelers is because they took their will away really on the offensive side of the ball with that offensive line. And, and I know people are, are looking at, at Quentin Nelson and maybe looking at his pro football focus grades and thinking, you know, he's, he's not the player he once was guys. I promise you, you turn on the film and you actually watch Quentin Nelson. He's moving and playing like his all pro, like his former all pro self. You know, I, I think I fully believe that Quentin Nelson should be named a first team all pro, just a phenomenal performance. In my opinion, from the offensive line, Drake, what'd you take away from that unit on Saturday? So, uh, you know, I thought that Blake Freeland did struggle. I thought he struggled a little bit, you know, in the run game, which is usually his strength. And he did struggle against the pass rush, but look near the end of the game, especially in the second half, kind of like for the rest of the team as a whole, really from the top of the roster to the bottom, it seemed he got better. Okay. But I mean, Will Fries did his thing in the run game. Ryan Kelly was, a, was, was a stalwart at center, but man on that left side, Quentin Nelson, and especially Bernard Ryman. Bernard Ryman had a hell of a game. He was as efficient as he's been. He was right back to Pro Bowl level type type stuff. I still think he should be considered for a Pro Bowl. I mean, I, I you know I know that the voting works certain ways, but good lord, is he having a freak like type year? Um, so you got to really be excited. Again, this is this is what happens if you're wanting to make a push to get in the playoffs. You need strong running and you need a good offensive line that's willing to win deep in games and you also need a deep roster because injuries happen so the Colts should they've got all that in this game man I'm telling you I know Pittsburgh's been able to get ran on by a lot of teams but they've still got some great defensive players especially up front but uh man in the second half of that game the Colts just broke them enough body blows and you'll get the knockout 
Bernard Ryman is currently the number six ranked offensive tackle in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus. Braden Smith, once he comes back, look out because this Colts offensive line, it's going to be, it's becoming close to top five again, in my opinion. Because And Braden Smith, number eight ranked uh, uh, offensive tackle, according to Pro Football Focus. So, yeah. Just, just getting, get, just being able to protect uh, uh, Gardner Minshew, breaking holes wide open for that running game, and and stats. Matt kind of goes where I, uh, with what I was going to to talk about next is credit to DJ Montgomery for his blocking. Montgomery, Alec Pierce, those guys stood out to me as uh, especially for for their blocking as well. Alec Pierce this is something that I don't think Pierce gets enough credit for. You know, things definitely haven't gone his way in the receiving game this year, obviously. When Anthony Richardson went down, uh, just Minshew's style of ball does not fit with with the type of, of things that Alec Pierce does best. But credit to Alec Pierce because he hasn't complained uh, uh, he hasn't, you haven't seen a, 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 a difference in effort out of number 14. I mean, hell you watch that Steelers game. Did you watch the Steelers the past couple weeks? When the, when, when they haven't been doing well and the ball hasn't been going to certain receivers, Deontay Johnson, hardly giving any effort in the run this week, George Pickens hardly gave any effort in the running game. As far as a blocker kind of just let guys, guys go free on the Colts defense. Alec Pierce hasn't done that for a second. The kid keeps his mouth shut. He works hard. He goes out there and blocks his ass off. Credit to Alec Pierce for, even though the ball is not coming his way, still doing what is needed in order to win uh, uh, for this team. So I, I thought that was another crucial point of all of this as well. It, it wasn't just the offensive line. It was the entire team uh, just wanting to impose their will on this Steelers defense. Yeah, and you know, speaking of both those guys, Montgomery and Pierce, I mean, Pierce actually had 31 run blocking snaps in this game as a wide receiver. And I know he was out there a lot, but he also had a 63.4 run block grade. That is, that's great. That's actually fifth tied with Andrew Ogletree for the game. And that's a tight end who's known for blocking. So, I mean, Alec Pierce is just out there getting the gritty work done. Obviously, it's it's not the offense that he had hoped it was going to be. Because like you said, Anthony Richardson, Beautiful fit. It's a match made in heaven. Gardner Minshew, with the way that Pierce plays, it's he needs more of a Josh Downs, more of a Michael Pittman. He needs more of that quick win, short yardage guy. That's just not Alec Pierce. He's a vertical blocker. That's what he does. He's like a vertical Zach Pascal. So it's like um, I think at the end of the day, DJ Montgomery also gets his first career touchdown. And he, uh, when did he get elevated to the 53 man roster? Wasn't it Thursday it was this, or it Friday? Was, it was this week. It was this week that Montgomery was officially elevated to the 53 man roster. They must have seen something. They must have said, man, you know, we love Isaiah McKenzie, but there's just something that we feel like DJ Montgomery might be able to do that he can't. And they just saw something. And that's why people were shocked. What's this healthy scratch? Well, I mean, he scores a touchdown and he, blocked just fine he looked good man he really did well and a lot of a lot of people a lot of Colts fans probably had that same question that you had Jake and and Shane Steichen and and Gardner Minshew both talked about it after the game you know it just see he they say it, it just seems like every single week DJ Montgomery has been making plays on the scout team just absolutely killing it out there and and he's been named scout team player of the week uh, a kind of award that the Colts keep internally to to reward those guys he's been named that multiple times this year he, he earned a shot on the 53 man roster and so that just kind of shows a guy that, that continued to grind just waited his and, and, and abided his time continuing to try to get better 
and and then when he had his opportunity made the most of it so we'll see what what kind of impact and what kind of role dj montgomery has moving forward but drake I, i'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the quarterback in this situation because in my opinion Gardner Minshew probably played his best game of 2023, you know, and, and just going out there, uh, uh, when when you have your number one wide receiver go down that has been carrying this offense, Zach Moss goes down and you're facing a 13 to nothing hole. Gardner Minshew didn't flinch, you know, 18 of 28 for 215 yards, three touchdowns, efficient kept the Colts offense afloat and just went out there and executed. We ask every week, which version of Gardner Minshew are we going to get? We got the best version of Minshew on Saturday. Yeah, he he absolutely played like the league's top backup. I, I mean, he he played like a guy. I mean, he didn't have his stars. He didn't have the number one guys for the offense in there. He still operated well enough within the system, which is a great offensive system that can throw a lot of defensive minds off. And they did that to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then near the end of the game, they realized they had him in a corner, man. They realized that Trubisky's not going to beat them. So they're just going to run the living crap out of the football. And there's no need to put the ball at risk by throwing it. And, and so Minshew goes out there. I mean, he had 18 for 18 for 28, three touchdowns no turnovers. He played literally the best game a backup quarterback can play. And so this is the height of Gardner Minshew people. This is the best you're going to see him operate in this offense. And and I think it gives you a lot of confidence, man, because teams like the Atlanta Falcons, teams like the Las Vegas Raiders, I know they just had that Chargers game, but those two teams specifically are not very good. They're just not good. So it's like, this is how you want to feel about your backup quarterback in your QB situation. Gardner Minshew gives you a lot of confidence right now. And, uh, hey, he faced Alex Highsmith, Cam Hayward, and TJ Watt and was still able to do that, even Joey Porter Jr. And for most of the game, Minka Fitzpatrick. Our good friend Camacho Joe is in the chat saying, I'm still doing the victory laps. So if you guys don't know, Camacho Joe, every time the Colts win, he's got a sick ride where he's got a golf cart that's <laughs> all decked out uh, uh, as a Colts cart, and he takes a victory lap. I think it's around his neighborhood in that uh, Incredible. Uh, in, in, in that golf cart. So that's what the victory laps means. Joe, keep killing it, brother. Uh, absolutely <laughs> love to see when when you're taking that thing out for a spin. It's, it's awesome. It, it really is. So, and, and yeah, Gardner Minshew, Drake, he wasn't perfect on the day. As stats, Matt says, Minshew had about three to five high passes and one that left a wide receiver out to dry that he missed, but overall he was better than normal. And, and that's the thing. I mean, I don't think anyone goes into these games expecting perfection out of Gardner Minshew. If you do that, you're kind of, you're just kidding yourself. You have to have realistic expectations with, with, with the Colts or with Gardner Minshew, excuse me. So where did he have some, some, some inaccurate passes? Sure. He, but he, he's probably never going to be perfect. He's a backup quarterback. He's not a top five quarterback in the NFL that you can expect to go out there and have perfect performances. So, so you, you think about that and, and you think about what he was able to do again. He did not have Jonathan Taylor. He did not have Zach Moss. He barely, he barely had Michael Pittman jr. And to go out there and, and still keep this offense afloat, continue to execute, did not put the ball in harm's way. Didn't fumble, uh, uh didn't throw an interception. Didn't, 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 uh, uh, really cause any, uh, uh, any misgivings, uh, that, that, that for the Colts, just smooth, steady, kept the offense rolling and, and got the ball into his play into his playmakers hands for them to make plays. So really good job by Gardner Minshew. And, and 
again, just doing exactly what Shane Steichen is asking. Not be you don't have to be the hero. Just get the ball to your playmakers' hands and let them do the work. I mean, I think this exact scenario that happened is exactly why the Colts brought him here. He understands Shane Steichen's offense well enough that I'm sorry, I don't know how many backup QBs you're going to put that don't know the system at least pretty well in that situation where they're down 13 points after you get a punt blocked and you know you're you're, you're in a hole already and you lose your playmaker. So uh, Gardner Minshew played exactly why the like why the Colts signed him, and that is a perfect uh, fit for the system that Shane Steichen has. He knew it in Philadelphia, and he's going to help Anthony Richardson. You know, from here on out, if they decide to keep him. But hey, man, as they close out this regular season, there's not a quarterback given Richardson's injury that you would rather have. So. So let's move to the to the defensive side of the ball here, Drake, which honestly is probably the unit that had the better game, even though the Colts offense uh, really did well, put up 30 points on the Pittsburgh Steelers. This Colts defense led the charge. I mean, let's start with the defensive line, which I think was an app just absolutely feasted against this Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line. Talking about a group with Samson Ebukam and Dio Dangbo, each with a with a sack and a half. DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart each had a half sack. Altogether, the Colts had four sacks, five tackles for loss, and nine quarterback hits. Just unbelievable performance up front by this this Colts defensive line that that really needed it. You know, after the last week against the Bengals, Drake, zero sacks, hardly any pressures on Jake Browning. It, it woke them up. They came out, showed what they were capable of. And with those four sacks, the Indianapolis Colts have now tied the Indy era franchise record for most sacks in a season. And it will likely be broken uh, uh, this this upcoming Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. So talk about that, that defensive line unit as a whole and and especially the guys like Samson Ebukam and, and Dio Dangba, who could continue to be incredibly impressive. Yeah, right out of the gate, I want to talk about the interior. DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart, boy, oh boy, it's really awesome to see that duo back in the interior. I'll tell you that because yeah. that ground game suffered badly because Najee Harris is an inside runner. Jalen Warren is an inside, maybe then outside or just an outright outside runner because of his speed. There was just nothing for that running off or for that run game, and it forced Mitch Trubisky to do everything, which is how you that's how you went into this game beating the Steelers. So those two caused havoc for the run game. Each got a, a half sack in the process. But man, you really want to I know Quiddy Pay didn't get a sack, but you really gotta talk about Dio Dangbo. He only had 31 total defensive snaps out there, gets a sack and a half, and he had a 91.7 pass rush grade. That means he was destroying people constantly and he was just causing complete havoc for the pocket and then you've got sam snebicom who now almost has 10 sacks he has as many sacks as yannick and gakwe had all last year in 14 games so mm-hmm. boy oh boy these guys are really close to each having 10 sacks and if somehow quitty pay can can put it together he could approach that too i gotta tell you this looks like one of the defensive fronts that you don't want to play late in the season and you really don't want to play in the playoffs no, de- definitely not. And if you guys haven't uh, checked out HorseshoeHuddle.com this evening, uh, our colleague Zach Hicks just put out a film review on oh. Dio Odangbo's performance against the Steelers. Uh, so make sure you go check that out. Great piece by Zach and really highlights what, what Dio Odangbo uh, did 
on on Saturday. We've got a super chat from Cody Storms here. Cody, thank you so much uh, for hey. your for the super chat, buddy. Really appreciate the support. Cody asks, could the Colts miss the playoffs to the Browns tiebreaker? And and honestly, Cody, uh, I don't think so. Um, because if, if the Colts, the, the Browns would have to lose, uh, a, a game and, and I, if the Colts would, or the Browns would have to lose two games, the Colts could only lose one, but honestly, I, it's not going to come down to that. Really. If the Colts win out, they're in no matter what. So that's, that's really what, what they need to, to, to come down to. Uh, it, it would, it's highly unlikely at this point that the Colts and Browns are going to end up with the same record. And, and even if they do, uh, I, I don't think it's going to be in, in position for the Colts to, to lose, to miss out on the playoffs. And if it does, then I don't think the Colts really did their job, you know, in order to, to make the playoffs because they would have fallen and, and lost multiple games. Uh, you think that the, instead of the Browns, you, uh, you might need to be more worried about the Houston Texans, uh, uh, the, the, the Cincinnati Bengals with where they're at uh, because the Colts would lose that tiebreaker of a head-to-head as well. The Buffalo mm-hmm. Bills who are who are on a heater. So I don't think it's going to come down to the Browns. Yeah, and and it's it's just really indicative of the ridiculous race that the AFC has become. I think that going into one of these games, there was a six-way tie for, I believe it was a seven and six record or something like that. So, I mean, hey, the Colts are right in the thick of it though. And right now they hold that seventh seed. I think Cincinnati, are they fifth? Cincinnati is six. The Browns are okay. Fifth. Okay. So see that, I mean, the AFC North, man, I mean, the Steelers are just outside of the window still too. You know, I think that they're actually eliminated at this point, but um, man, I, it just really shows the, the, the race and, and the, the imperative on winning as many of these games, especially in this last three game stretch as possible. But I think it's going to come down to that Houston game. Yeah, and then looking at looking at Cleveland's schedule, as as Patrick says down here in the chat, good to see you, bud. Looking at the Browns' remaining schedule, I'd be surprised if they lose another game, and I would have to concur with that. Yeah. So, Cody, thank you so much for your question, man. Really appreciate all your support. Uh, it really means the world to Drake and us, and, and I and hope you're enjoying the show as well. Uh, but, Drake, let's get back to the defensive line. You know, I mean, Dio Dangbo, absolutely it's been it's been a, a massive third year breakout for for Dio Odangbo. Eight sacks. Uh, I think he has six six sacks over the last six games. Just an absolute menace. And and the, how athletic he is, how how he's able to bend uh, at his size, true truly amazing. You know, and and could be could be is might be just coming into his own as a really fierce pass rusher. And then talking about Samson Ebukam, Drake. I I mean this isn't even hyperbole. Samson Ebukam could be the best, and I'm talking about the best free agent signing that Chris Ballard has made in in, the, in his era as GM of the Indianapolis Colts. To have Samson Ebukam come in with a guy that, that hardly made any any noise was just a rotational pass rusher, and to immediately lead the team in sacks, coming in and and potentially getting double digit sacks in his first year all while signing just a three-year, $24 million deal, man, that's that's insane. And Stats Matt said, I'd argue Buckner is, but Buckner wasn't a free agent. You know, Buckner came in as a trade for a first-round pick. Um and, and that's not a that's a sign and trade. I I don't count that. It's still a trade, not a free. Not he wasn't free. He wasn't free agent. So so get that out of your stats, Matt. But as a, as an actual free agent, 
I would say it's at Samson Ebukam. And, and uh, hey, I, I'm going to take all the credit for this because uh, uh, I, I, I was on the Samson Ebukam train from the very beginning, had really high hopes for this dude. I'm going to toot my own horn a little bit and say that that it's, 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 he's making me look really good as an analyst for this team. So the more the more success Samson Ebukam can have, uh, I'm all for it because it just makes me look good. But on a serious note, credit to Ebukam for coming in and, actually, and producing. At, at a high level, taking advantage of that opportunity. He's a guy that doesn't say much, just goes out there, works. He's relentless at the point of attack. And boy, Drake, he looks like a fantastic pickup for this team, not only for this year, but for, but for years to come. Yeah, and I remember you actually saying that you wouldn't be surprised if he pushed or, or overshot 10 sacks. And I remember being pretty high on him myself, but nowhere near as high as you were. And I thought to myself, you know, maybe eight, maybe eight and a half. Look, man, the way he's playing, he's probably going to overshoot that. He might even push 11-12 if he keeps playing the way that he has been. And if you look at his career, this is just going by year, okay? Two sacks, three sacks, four and a half, four and a half, four and a half, five sacks, nine and a half sacks. He's already set career highs in sacks, solo tackles, uh, tackles for loss, QB hits. He's tied it for forced fumbles. The guy is playing out of his freaking mind, okay? And, and he's playing like the best pass rusher on the Colts, which is what Quiddy Pay is supposed to be. So I think that that's nothing against Pay. I think that what you have to, the way that you have to look at this, Andrew, is you've got Dio Dangbo, Quiddy Pay, and, and you've got Samson Ebicom, and then you've got fantastic, uh, a fantastic uh, rotational piece like, um, like Taekwon Lewis, you know, and, and then you've got, Buckner and you've got Stewart and you've got these other rotational tackles, man, this is a really, really tough defensive front for anybody to face. And, and I just think that as, as the season wears along and you get in those important games, you get in the playoffs, if the Colts can make it, that's just what you need. You need those real gritty performances. And when you get in those close games, you want the guys in the trenches and the Colts showed, especially in this game that they can dominate it. Credit to Samson Abicom. He's playing out of his mind. He, he absolutely is. And then I also want to touch on on the turnovers that, that the Colts defense forced on Sunday. Three turnovers by this unit. We'll, we'll talk about uh, the first one, I think, was was on the no, the, was the first one on the Nick Cross interception. Either I way, so. Nick Cross gets an interception, the first one of his career, continuing to impress. Uh, EJ Speed forces a fumble on, on Najee Harris that really turned, really got the Colts in good field position to go up by by more than two scores uh, that, that Julian Blackman recovered. And then Julian Blackman uh, uh, seals the game pretty much as he enters uh, with that final interception in the fourth quarter quarter so so drake again i mean we talked about it last year uh, one of my biggest gripes with this defense was after a, a fantastic season in 2021 at forcing turnovers colts hardly forced any in in 2022 they're back to forcing those turnovers here in 2023 saturday was their 19th consecutive game with a forced turnover so this unit's rolling creating opportunities for the offense and and really getting it done so just on all three levels really so so talk about those those turnovers and and how do you think that really impacted this game on on saturday first off nick cross coming out party i mean <laughs> this this dude it was so damn sweet to see number 20 just rip that ball away from an already as far as motivation a lifeless george pickens okay so he just ripped that damn ball away and it just turned the entire tide of the game after that, the Colts were humming. 
Okay, so credit to Nick Cross for really just taking away the catch. I mean, it was caught, and he just ripped the ball away. So uh, fantastic timing, and he showed his strength and athleticism there. But, man, Julian Blackman right now, okay, the dude has 87 tackles. He has 20 – or he has, he has five tackles for loss. He has eight passes defensed. He has two fumble recoveries, four interceptions. He leads the team in interceptions. He's playing fantastic football this season. I'll tell you right now, this guy's playing himself. He needs another contract. I think if you're smart, you need to keep this guy. Okay, because you're probably looking, no offense to Rodney Thomas, you're probably looking to Nick Cross as perhaps maybe if he can fit that free safety role, maybe he's going to get more playing time or something like that. And I think you ideally want him and Blackman. Look at what happens out there when those two are out there. I mean, they caused all the turnovers of the game. Uh, so, I mean, EJ Speed punched it loose, right? But They were involved um, in all the turnovers. All three turnovers, the safeties were involved. So I think when you look at, at both performances, man, one shows that he's just been playing lights out this season, and I think he deserves another contract with the Colts. And then you've got another guy who finally showed, hey, I'm here and I can make plays. And Nick Cross made the biggest play of the game, in my opinion, because after that, it was all Colts. Yeah, definitely agree with everything you said about the safeties. I think that that Julian Blackman has more than earned a contract extension with the Indianapolis Colts. I think the Colts are, are going to be able to afford him now that Shaquille Leonard is off the books. The Colts have ample uh, cap space in order to re-sign Michael Pittman, Grover Stewart. Kenny Moore, Julian Blackman, all of those guys, I, I have a really strong feeling that while the Colts might not go for a lot of outside free agents, they're going to really try to keep their own and those special players on on that are already in the building. So I think Julian Blackman has earned that. And yeah, Nick Cross is playing his way into being the starting free safety for this team. I think Blackman and Cross are, are, the, are the safeties of not only now, but the future for this team so they've been playing outstanding football but i did want to touch on ej speed because i really think the colts missed ej speed against the cincinnati Bengals a lot more than than people people want to want to talk about we didn't really talk about it too much but going back through that game and just seeing how the difference that the defense has played with against the Bengals and then against the, the the steelers ej speed goes out there makes a lot of plays you know led the team in tackles had 10 didn't miss a single tackle the colts have had some issues with missed tackles tackles ej speed was was really really solid in that regard making plays at or behind the line of scrimmage and then forcing that fumble on Najee harris that that really kind of put things out of reach and and started just the 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 onslaught for the colts so ej speed did a really really good job and 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 it's definitely i think proven that he deserves to be a starting linebacker in the nfl yeah, and EJ Speed has had to step into a big role. Okay, it was a big role even when Shaq Leonard was still a member of the Colts. Now, it, when he left the team and when he was, you know, released, it was even bigger, you know, than ever. And he's just stepped right into it, like you said. And on the season, he's got 65 tackles. Looks like he's got a sack. He's got nine tackles for loss, which I think, along with Ebicom, if I'm not mistaken, is the team lead. Uh, actually, him, him, Buckner, and Ebicom all are tied with nine. So, look, man. EJ Speed is a playmaker, as you heard from the stats, as you as you can see on the tape. And you, you did see a lot of moments where, especially Joe Mixon, because he was more of the inside runner, I believe it's is Chase Brown, the Bengals complimentary back. Correct. Uh, yeah, so he was more of the outside runner. But regardless, you saw a lot of just things where maybe EJ Speed could have at least disrupted the play, or he could have done something where he plugs that gap, and you really missed him in that game. Not saying he wins that game. 
because it was bad. It was just awful. So, um, but he, him, and I think just along, it's indicative. EJ Speed's performance is indicative of the rest of this team. Everybody kind of came ready to play. Everybody returned to form. And uh, hey, when you force three turnovers like that, man, you can almost guarantee yourself a victory unless your offense is absolute horse crap, which, as you saw, Minshew didn't turn the ball over. Dominate the trenches and and the turnover game, you're going to win most of your most of right. contests. So sometimes football is just pretty simple. I want to give a shout-out to the CFO of Horseshoe Huddle, Patrick Rye, for his nightly super chat. Thank you so much, buddy, as always, for all of your support. Patrick says good things happen when you have a podcast. Yeah, EJ Speed and, and Zaire Franklin. Again, if you guys haven't listened to it, it's called in the trenches uh you definitely want to go listen it's a phenomenal podcast makes me laugh all the time listen to it weekly when i'm when i'm writing and and doing some other things and and it's it's they talk they talk about what's going on in the game too so really really good to see that and ej speed zyra franklin definitely balling out this year and and hey look good things do happen drake and i have this podcast we're becoming fathers in 2024 so uh if you if you need your luck to turn around maybe start a podcast but patrick thank you so much buddy for your support really really do appreciate it so so drake let's talk about the afc south you know colts eight and six jaguars lost yesterday to the baltimore ravens they fall to eight and six the the houston texans beat the tennessee titans at overtime to go to eight and six three-way tie atop the afc south division standings with three games to go and you know a lot a lot can happen Trevor Lawrence is in concussion protocol. Who knows if he's going to be available to play against a, a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that's all of a sudden getting hot. Uh, CJ Stroud is returning uh, from a concussion, and 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 he's obviously been very impressive this year. The Colts have won five out of the last six games and have a very favorable schedule moving forward. The the Texans, I think, play the Browns this week. That's going to be a tough matchup. And then the Colts play the Texans week 18 at Lucas Oil Stadium. So there's a lot that can go on here, Drake, and it's it's going to be a wild three weeks. But and we kind of talked about this today on our live stream on the Bleacher Report app. But what do you see happening in the AFC South with with all three of these teams? You know, I, I think that we talked about it. Um, it it's really going to come down to the Jaguars. Okay, I, I think I just or what um, happens with the Jaguars? What happens with the Jaguars? Because at the end of the day, man, they are just night and day with Trevor Lawrence. All right, clearly the Colts are not night and day with Anthony Richardson and Gardner Minshew. They can maintain. Clearly, the Houston Texans, while I still think Case Keenum is lower on the backup chart as of, oh, of you know hierarchy than Gardner Minshew, he still can maintain that offense enough to get a win or two if you need it. And the Titans are out of this. Okay. So this is really Trevor Lawrence. Like if he can't go, I mean, I think that okay, here we go. Yeah, they've got it looks like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Tampa. Then they've got the Carolina Panthers at home. Then they have the Tennessee Titans again at Tennessee. So I think that if you have Trevor Lawrence, they're going to win all three of those games. I do think that they're going to take all three of those wins and they're going to take the AFC South. And we're you know going to talk about the Colts and the Texans battling out for that seventh seed, mm -hmm. potentially in week 18, which would just be chef's kiss. That'd, be, <laughs> that'd just be so great, wouldn't it? Um, but if they have C.J. Beathard, man, I think they lose to Tampa. I think they get the win against Carolina, but then I do think that with the Tennessee Titans, I just, I think the Titans probably figure out a way to get the best of CJ Beathard because it's a Mike Vrabel led team. So 
that in that case, it makes things real freaking interesting. And I think the Colts have the easier schedule. And I do think that they get that win against the Texans. Yeah. And, and, and since it is a concussion, Trevor Lawrence is likely out at most a week. Uh, we're again, we're talking about Trevor Lawrence who st- hasn't missed a, a start since a high school. I don't think, yeah, I don't, or I don't even think, I don't even think he missed. He didn't miss. He hasn't missed a start in high school, college, or the NFL. Wow. has been incredibly durable but concussions and head injuries are a different thing especially on a shorter week you know that while it was shorter by maybe a couple of hours he came down with the symptoms after the game so we'll have to that's something definitely to monitor because if it's not trevor lawrence out there i don't think cj bethard is beating the tampa bay buccaneers uh, and 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 that would put this between it would really give give it between uh, i mean the colts and the texans you know because i don't think unless the texans could lose next week to the cleveland browns we'll see how how cj stroud is able to go up against that that really tough defense but in my opinion if the jaguars lose next week this division is the colts for the taking and it's absolutely wild to be talking about that Drake. Can't believe you we're, just said that we're sitting here on on december what is it december 18th 2023 when at the beginning of this season we talked about hey we'd be ecstatic if the colts got seven wins three weeks left in the season we're talking about the colts with eight wins potentially getting to 11 wins without anthony richardson for most of the season and winning the afc south and hosting a playoff game so if if i had to say again yeah you're absolutely right there if if trevor Trevor lawrence cannot go against the tampa bay buccaneers i really don't see a cj bethard led jaguars team beating tampa bay if he does, then then this whole conversation is 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 mute is mute because I I, I think the Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence are going to easily beat the Panthers and and they'll beat the Titans and then it, it will, they'll they'll be able to to kind of win the AFC South and 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 scrape by 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 the skin of their teeth. But if they lose, I mean the Colts still do have to take care of business. You know the Colts have to beat the Atlanta Falcons who are still in contention for the for the NFC South. You know, with Tampa Bay and 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 the New Orleans Saints, they have to beat a Las Vegas Raiders team that just put sixty three points up on the the Los Angeles Chargers. You know, uh, they can't take that team lightly. And then Week eighteen against the Texans, a much better Texans team than they faced in Week two. Oh, yeah. uh, but it'll be yeah. a playoff atmosphere in Lucas Oil Stadium. And I, I'm telling you guys, it was pretty it was pretty loud Saturday, even with uh, a good chunk of Steelers fans being there. Houston Texans fans don't travel nearly as well as Pittsburgh Steelers fans. That place is going to be all royal blue, and it's going to be loud. So will CJ Stroud be able to handle that? Uh, I, I think it'd be a, a in the favor of the Colts winning, which is just wild. Again, obviously, there's three weeks and a lot can change. We're going to talk about this every step of the way for these next three weeks until a winner is determined in the division. But hey, uh, the the stars are are starting to align, and and as long as the Colts take care of business and win out these three games, anything is possible. And I, I wouldn't the way this season has been going, I wouldn't put it past the division victory being in their sights. So it's it's going to be wild. I, I can't wait to watch how this goes. Uh, as as Stephen uh, as Steve says, the loud the loud house as as Pat McAfee was talking about, and it was loud. They played that multiple times. It was a great, great, great showing by the fans there at Lucas Oil Stadium. But 
It's going to be fun, Drake. I can't wait to see this AFC South duel over these three weeks. Uh, definitely going to be watching intently on what the Jaguars and the Houston Texans do. Oh, yeah. But it, it all it, none of it matters if the Colts don't take care of business. And that starts on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. So it, it's going to be fun, though. Yeah, look, man, I remember to, to make this brief, because I know that we had a whole offseason to talk about this, but like we were like Anthony Richardson, a full season with him. Six wins, seven wins. That's a hell of a victory right there. Not only was Anthony Richardson far more advanced than we thought he was in, in understanding NFL football, but we we did I think we underestimated Shane Steichen's capabilities with with the quarterback, just the position. He understands it so deeply. Uh, you know, his years at UNLV must have really taught him something interesting because while he didn't pan out as an NFL quarterback playing, holy crap, can he coach the living hell out of the position? And he understands offense and he understands everything top to bottom about Gardner Minshew's mechanics and his strengths and weaknesses. So I think you're seeing on display everything that Shane Steichen brings to the table. And I can't stress this enough. His staff, along with the guys that were there that stayed after the Frank Reich and Jeff Saturday uh, era, man, everything is really pointing in the right direction. And like you said, the future looks bright. Even without Anthony Richardson this year, it makes you even more excited for what this team's going to look like when he makes a return. Listen, there's a ton of great coaches in the NFL, and there's been a ton of great coaching jobs this year around the NFL. There have. But I will debate anyone into the ground that Shane Steichen is the coach of the year with this team. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> let's let's dive into the, the well, injury man. report, Drake. Uh, some Because the Colts do have some very big injuries. Uh, Jonathan Taylor was out again with that thumb injury. However, the sense that I'm getting and people that I've talked to is he's close. You know that Jonathan Taylor very well could return this week against the Atlanta Falcons. It's not a given. We're going to still have to go through tests, make sure he can grip that football, but he's getting pretty close to return. So I wouldn't be surprised if he returns to practice this week. Uh, it is close. Again, they're not going to push it. They're going to make sure he's 100% healthy. So if there's even a little bit of doubt that, that he's not ready to go, he's not going to practice this week. So if he's not practicing this week, you can assume that. But from the sense I'm getting, Taylor's very close to returning. And the Colts, especially with that injury to Zach Moss, they need 28 back for this stretch run. And then Braden Smith as well with the knee injury didn't practice this week. Haven't really gotten a sense on Braden Smith. So if he can't go, obviously it'll be Blake Freeland again uh, moving forward until Smith does return. But man, Drake, like I think it's pretty obvious that the Colts could really use these guys for their three most important games of the 2023 season. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, we've talked about it already. Blake Freeland, for for what he was drafted to do, he wasn't drafted to walk into a starting position. He just wasn't. He was drafted to be obviously a backup swing tackle, but man, he he did kind of get beat quite often in that Steelers game. So yes, you definitely want Braden Smith back. Uh, but I also think that maybe with the way the running game operated, if you don't think that they're there, maybe you don't push them and you think you can handle Atlanta, who, by the way, did just lose to Carolina. Exactly. Uh, and then let's let's talk about guys that were injured in, in Saturday's matchup. And we'll start with with probably the biggest one, Michael Pittman Jr. You know, Michael Pittman sustained a concussion on a very dirty hit. I'm going to come out and say it right away. Very dirty hit by DeMonte Casey of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, yes, Gardner Minshew threw it out in front of him and Pittman had to dive for the ball. That doesn't mean that DeMonte Casey gets the opportunity and is afforded the uh, uh the 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 opportunity to to launch himself at michael pittman jr and it's not like demonte casey 
isn't a, a repeat offender. He is. He's been fined five times this season for similar incidents. And just in a play early, and a couple plays earlier or a series earlier, tried to do the same thing to Josh Downs. So there's been a lot of discourse on Twitter today. I wish <laughs> Tom Brady was in the chat because I'd give him a piece of my mind. Tom Brady has been saying that it's a he shouldn't be suspended. Devontae Casey absolutely should have been suspended for this disgusting play. And he's been doing it on a routine basis. So when you're a repeat def uh, def uh, offender of this, you get no sympathy from me. And uh, so definitely agree with that suspension. And and thankfully, Michael Pittman was feeling much better after the game. And and Shane Steichen has already said uh, that that he's encouraged by his progress. So Drake looks like looks like Pittman's going to be okay. And, you know, hey, uh, for anybody out there that really doesn't think that this is justified, I mean, this is a dude that back when he was an Atlanta Falcon, was taking Cam Newton's head off when he was trying to slide and getting fined back in 2018. So look it up. This dude is a repeat offender across years in the NFL, and it's that's the reason for the season-long suspension. It's not just this one hit. Even though it's a really bad hit, it's because the dude has been a repeat offender of dirty hits. So I think the NFL got that one right. And for all the people saying, you know, I miss, I miss the old NFL where where you could launch into players like that. It's it's it doesn't matter. That's not that's the old NFL. Yeah, it's never coming back, nor should yeah. it. You can't mess with these guys' brain brains yeah. like this. Uh, uh, I, I don't agree with all of the with all the rule changes going on uh, about this. But when you're just launching yourself at, at the player's head neck area. That needs to be gone and and immediately gone. No no exceptions. So uh, glad the NFL took took some really hard uh, a hard stance on this. Demonte Casey has been suspended for the rest of the season for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and even if they make uh, uh, make the playoffs, he'll be suspended for all postseason games. We'll see if that changes after appeal, but uh, good on the NFL for taking a really hard stance on that. And then to, to finish off the injury report, Drake Zach Moss with that arm injury suffered. It, uh, when he was being pulled down on that touchdown uh, catch uh, from behind. It seems like from all reports, Adam Schefter came out today and said he's going to try to play through it. And we all know Zach Moss is one tough son of a gun when it comes to injuries. He's been doing it all year with the Colts, really playing through a lot of a lot of little injuries. So uh, uh, honestly, I would probably expect Zach Moss to play this week. And, and, and again, if Taylor cannot go, Yes, Trey Sermon and Tyler Goodson had a really good game, but you feel a lot better about that backfield when Zach Moss is in there. I feel the same way about uh, Tyler Goodson and Trey Sermon's performance against the Steelers as I do when Minshew early on dropped in against the Titans and dropped in against the Texans. Look, man, when you can game plan for Tyler Goodson and you can game plan for Trey Sermon, it's a whole lot different than plopping those two in the middle of a game. So, yes, it's no offense to those two. I, I'm sure that they're still going to do fine because they're going to operate well within Shane Steichen's system. But, yeah, you definitely want Zach Moss back, and don't be surprised if he plays through that and gets some snaps need all really all these guys back yes. for, for this crucial three game stretch you want everybody as healthy as possible and having the Colts best players out there on the field so let's wrap up our episode today Drake with our Colts player of the game honestly a lot of players to choose from unlike last week where it was really hard to choose uh, a player to be the Colts player of the game but so many great performances out of the Indianapolis Colts this weekend Drake I'm gonna let you go first buddy who is your Colts player of the game 
I'm giving it to Julian Blackman. I mean, he had he okay. had an interception, he had a fumble recovery. He just I mean, he only he did only have two tackles, but there really weren't a lot of offensive snaps from the Steelers. They just continued to give the ball right back to the Colts, whether through punts or through turnovers. Um, so I think Julian Blackman's playing himself not into not only into another contract, but definitely into a starting role for years to come. He is playing absolutely outstanding football, best of his career, in my opinion. Great pick. Stats, Matt, coming in with Tyler Goodson, the backup Woo! running back who came in, uh, uh, who played very well in Zach Moss's stead. Marvin Fox going with the offensive line. Great pick. Great Give unit to pick who, who really dominated. Uh, this one was really tough for me. Um, going, uh, I, I first, I, I mean, I wrote about Gardner Minshew after the game, staying steady and, and really keeping this offense afloat. I thought he could ha- make a case for it. Uh, but in the end, I'm going to go with my boy. The guy that's made me look like an absolute genius all season long, Samson (laughs) Ebukam, coming out there with a sack and a half, four tackles, absolutely dominating the line of scrimmage. It was really close between him and and Dio Adangbo, who I'd pick as the player of the game. But Samson Ebukam is is making a name for himself and, and absolutely dominating out there. Really, really uh, uh, good to see him come alive, and and especially during this this playoff push. Colts Colts got a good one in in Samson Ebicom. I think he's only going to continue to prove that not only the rest of this season, but but for the the remainder of the time that he is with the Indianapolis Colts. Steve goes with Blake Freeland as as player of the game for his rebound after starting okay. off slow against T.J. Watt. It stats Matt a sleepy one, Nick cross he started to turn the corner uh or started to turn around in my opinion so again really good game by this indianapolis Colts squad drake and they could very well be in the catbird seat in the driver's seat for the afc south crown which again really crazy to talk about uh considering where what we thought this colts team would be at the beginning of the season but hey that's why the games are played every sunday and like i always say any team can win on any given Sunday. But that's exactly the reason why the Colts need to take care of business, win these three games, and put themselves in the best position to be there to win that division crown. Yeah, and you know, at the end of the day, they've shown that they've got an incredible roster. You know, they don't have their starting quarterback. They're doing this with their backup, and they've got a great staff. Everything is really adding up, and it's adding up at the right time for the Colts. So they can get these next two games and make it all about the Houston Texans. It's going to be an exciting finish. Cinderella story for the Indianapolis Colts may just be getting started. So that's our show for this evening, guys. Really, really appreciate everybody tuning in to another Victory Monday episode. Uh, really fun talking about this Colts Steelers game and what could be coming up for the Indianapolis Colts. Want to give a shout out to all of our super chats this evening. Truett, my beautiful wife, Danielle, Cody Storms, and Patrick Fry. Uh, uh, all of you guys, thank you so much for your support and everyone else that joined us live here tonight to talk Colts football and if you haven't done so please go follow us on all of our socials like horseshoe huddle on facebook follow at colts on fn on x and subscribe to the horseshoe huddle youtube channel hit that bell so you know whenever drake and i go live whenever shod goes live with the saddle up show so you never miss an episode and if you can't catch us live or on youtube apple spotify google wherever you listen to podcasts we're on there as well so make sure you subscribe give us a five-star review so we can reach other colts fans just like you so drake and i have also been writing away on horseshoehuddle.com go tell the people what they need to check out 
Yeah, so I did my three good, three bad, and Colts win over the Steelers. And uh, this is just a little bit of a spoiler, but Samson Epicom is one of the good, clearly. Uh, that's <laughs> that's a plug for Andrew. But then I did break down a little bit further the uh, the hit on Michael Pittman. So go check that out as well if you want to know a little bit more. Definitely check those out for me. I wrote after the game how Gardner Minshew played his best game of the season, shining as he led the Colts to victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers, and and really really dove into what he and and Shane Steichen had to say uh, about what was going through his mind and, and what happened throughout that game. So make sure you check that out. And of course, I'll be releasing my top five graded Colts against the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, uh, tomorrow morning, Tuesday morning, for you all to see. Uh, so go follow Drake at. D Walster Drake. You can follow me at Andrew Moore NFL, and we'll be back Thursday night to get you all set for a Christmas Eve game as the Colts take on the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. And we'll also have a special guest to get break down the game and give us all the insights on the Atlanta Falcons. So it should be another fun episode here for the Horseshoe Huddle podcast. So make sure you check that out. And guys, enjoy your week. We'll be seeing you Thursday night. And things are about to get really, really fun around here for Colts Nation. We'll see you.